Because I get a lot of people saying, like, you're living my dream life. I'm so jealous. And I, <laughs> I know it's a compliment, but I wouldn't be like, I'm not living your dream life. Like, I'm living my dream life, right. but I know what it comes with. I right. know all the S-H-I-T that it comes with. <laughs> <laughs> and it's still my dream. Welcome to Choosing to Farm, a podcast for first and returning generation livestock farmers and ranchers to share their stories, find connection, and provide insight into the life of farmers who didn't take the traditional path. I'm your host, Jen Colby. Folks, this is Jen. Thanks for joining us. If you're enjoying the podcast, please share it with the folks that you know. Another way you can support our growing first-generation farming and ranching community is by leaving a written or a voicemail review at our website, choosingtofarm.com, or you can do that on Apple, or you can do it on Spotify. All of these are ways to help the podcast spread to more folks without costing anybody anything, and they make a huge difference in helping new people find us. We need more of us out here in livestock agriculture, and we need to know that we're not alone doing it. So thanks. If you listened to my previous episode with Brent Beidler, and if you haven't, please go back and listen to that one, you'll hear the story of how at the end of a successful career as a dairy farmer, he decided to leave that profession and that farm to start a new chapter of his life. This conversation with Katie Steer bookends that story. She was in a place where she'd been at the end of a rope and decided to quit farming and then happened at the last minute to try one more time. And they found the Beidler Farm, now known as Wild Earth Farm. It's a beautiful story, and I think it's why I held on to Brent's recording conversation for so long, so I could release the two of these together. Here's Katie. Dear of Wild Earth Farm, my partner and I just moved to Randolph, Vermont in April of 2022 to raise grass-fed beef and lamb. Um, we actually moved from Rhode Island where we raised beef, pork, chicken, turkey, and eggs at one point. And we have decided that if we want any quality of life, we need to simplify things a little bit. <laughs> I'm going to talk to you about that in a sec. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're doing beef and lamb and a couple of Airbnbs and yeah. Cool. We're so happy to be here. <laughs> Welcome. It feels wild to have you as a new neighbor and for less than a year, which is pretty exciting too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you started in Rhode Island. What was the Rhode Island side of that? How long did you guys farm there and what did that look like? So I grew up on a farm that had been in my family since the 1700s and it went out of business before I was born. It was a dairy farm. And I, I just always grew up hearing you can't make a living farming. Um, and so it was never even in my frame of mind that I could be a farmer. And it's funny because I also never knew what I wanted to be when I grew up. Like in elementary school, you would always get asked and I would just copy the person next to me sometimes because I never had a thing. It was probably farming. (laughs) Um, so I ended up going to school for business and moved to Silicon Valley and um, I did some brand marketing for a bike company and then I ended up doing marketing communications for a commercial bank and I mean I learned a lot and I'm grateful for those skills on my farm but it I worked in a sea of gray cubicles literally and like nobody liked their job that I worked with and I just I just knew I couldn't live my life like that yeah. so I started thinking about what I was passionate about and what I cared about and 
everything felt like it circled back to my family's farm and food and farming. So I decided to quit my job. <laughs> I hiked the Pacific Crest Trail. I interned at Polyface Farm, and then I moved home after 10 years of being gone, which is just the right amount of time to forget <laughs> that your family may not be the healthiest emotionally. <laughs> um, I have no idea what you mean whatsoever. Yeah. So I, I rebuilt the farm. It was... Uh, I could feel the farm being happy that I was there. Like I could feel it talking to me. I could feel my ancestors, but the family that was there was just not, they didn't want me there, especially as a woman. And it was just like so unhealthy. Wow. Was there, was this, was this your family or was this? It was my family. It was yeah. your family that yeah. were, that were living there, but not farming it. Yes. Yep. Oh, wow. And so I went through some very dark years thinking that like this farm was more important than me and my happiness. And I, if I could save the farm and bring it back to life, then it didn't matter if I was happy. Luckily I found a therapist oh, who yeah. helped me through that, made me realize how abusive my family is. And um, yeah, I ended up moving onto lease land after four years after they gave the farm to my brother. They just gave it to him. <clears throat> he paid for it yep. something, but yep. like I found out months later that it was his after oh my I had goodness. worked full time there for four years. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So it was pretty traumatizing and It awful. seems like it would be. Holy yeah. cow. Um Wowza. Yeah. No wonder we started with some boundary issues as yeah. a conversation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the importance of boundaries. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Um, so yeah, I ended up moving on to Leesland. This woman just like, she had inherited this farm and she just sort of hugged me into her life and like she totally saved me. And That's amazing. Helped me get back on my, up on my feet. And like, I mean, she even like drove to my family's farm and packed up my stuff and like helped move me many, many times. Holy cow. What yeah. a wonder. How did you even find her? Like fate. It was, it just felt like every once in a while, fate would sort of step in and be like, okay, we need to switch the direction that you're going because this is where you should be going. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, is that part of the challenge of, of, moving forward in our lives, not just farming, but in our lives is to keep an eye out for those yeah, totally. signs or yeah. moments or and to be going slow enough so that you don't miss them. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. If we mm -hmm. go too fast, we don't see anything, do we? No. No. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I farmed there for a couple of years, but it was in the same town as my family. Ooh. And my, you know, my family's been there for like 250 years. Oh, so yeah. it's like the Steer family in Chipachet. My dad was the president of the town council. Like he used the police to like torture me over the course of a winter. Um, and I just had to leave. I had to get out of there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, long story short, fate brought me now <laughs> to Vermont. <laughs> So what, so how did you make the jump from Rhode Island to Vermont? Like, so 2021 summer, I was so burned out because I was farming by myself. My partner wasn't oh. with me until he didn't start farming until this year in Vermont. Oh, yeah. oh wow. Um, I like my nervous system was a mess. I could barely function. And so I, I just looked around and I was like, what am I doing? doing I all of my money gets reinvested back into my farm which for four years was my family's land and then lease land and so like I'm not gaining anything by working so hard um and it well I didn't know then about the USDA's farm ownership loan program so I didn't think that I could ever even buy a farm yeah so I just decided to quit farming and there was the course 
of maybe like six weeks where I just kept having to give up things that I loved. Like first I sold my favorite cows, which I still miss them. Oh like, yeah. I still miss them so much. <laughs> but I found a really good home for them on Martha's Vineyard and I was like, okay, if I'm going to quit farming, I need to know that they're going to a good place. Um, I was like having some relationship struggles with my mom and I decided I wasn't going to talk to her for a while. And then we had to put my dog down unexpectedly. And it was just like, and I kept saying to Ben, I, I don't know what's happening, but I know something's coming. I don't know what it is, but something big is coming. And the day after we put my dog down, we were at a coffee shop because I was too sad to be home. We were planning on maybe buying a farm in like three to five years. So this was 100% a joke. But I was like, <laughs> Ben, you can do your work and I'll find our farm. Ha ha. No. Yes. And then <laughs> I went on to Vermont Landlink and yeah. found this farm. And I was reading the description thinking like they're going to be charging, you know, $1.5 million for this farm. And then I got to the bottom and they were taking applications and interviewing people to find the right person. And I felt like this glimmer of hope for the first time in a long time. And yeah, it all just all happened <laughs> somehow over the course <laughs> of the next nine months. That's incredible. Yeah. So how long did it it did it how quickly were you able to meet with them and just sort of so even I, meet them at all? Yeah, I was like, Ben, we have to go. We <laughs> we have to email these people. <laughs> um, we looked them up and they just seemed amazing already. And so I I said, okay, I'm going to send them a heartfelt email and just, like, sort of tell them what happened with my family's farm and how much I just want, like, a piece of land to tend with my life. Yeah, yeah. And so I did, and Regina emailed me back almost right away. And <laughs> They're said, very responsive. Yeah. They're super responsive. <laughs> she, she had read it out to Brent, and yeah. it really touched them both, but they already had a person in mind. <gasps> oh, wow. And they were going to show the person, and... Um, because I had said, like, we can come up this weekend, because I, again, was so sad about my dog that I just didn't want to be home. Yeah, yeah. So... She said, you know, if you're coming up anyway, just check out the town, but I, I can't show you the farm because we're going to show it to, to these people first. And so we came up, and um, <laughs> everyone was so nice here. And it's funny because it was just, like, not even scratching the surface of the true community that exists here, but we just got this good feeling. So I wrote back, and I said you know, if this person feels like the right person, we really wish them well. But if you feel open to more people, we feel like this is a place where true community exists and we would really love to be considered. And she emailed me back and said that they changed their minds and they were gonna show two families, one of them being me and Ben. Whoa. So we came up the next weekend and we walked around the farm for four hours the first the first interaction was their little dog, Lucky, who has now passed, away, passed away too, but he ran out of the house, and he was so cute, and Regina was like, oh my gosh, we looked you up, and your dog is so beautiful, and I just started crying, oh. and I'm like, well, he's actually how we found the farm, and like this, and so that, she was like, where do we sign the papers, you know, kidding, but like, <laughs> totally, totally. Um, and yeah, we just loved them so much and the farm and like all the work they had put into it to turn it into a grass fed farm and you know, we're a grass fed farm and um, yeah, it, I mean, it still feels too good to be true that we're there, but we, we like read them our dream farm list, which had to basically everything on the farm. And we told them, I told them about this blue heron that I had seen and Brent recited a poem um, about oh, that had a blue heron in it. And yeah, they ended up offering it to us that like on the spot that day. Did and they really? Yeah. And we all hugged and it was, yeah, again, I, I still yeah. can't believe yeah that we're there wow. and it, 
luckily they're amazing and patient and because um, it was like a nine month mortgage process with the USDA. So yes. yeah, it all worked out eventually. <laughs> but <laughs> We didn't end up going through USDA because um, the soils at this farm are not good mm. enough for that, but um, it was a long process regardless. Yeah. <laughs> just amazing yeah they're like come on yeah <laughs> it's the growing season i need to go yeah totally yeah i totally get that man so do you do you see those guys much these days i mean i know they've moved to the other side yeah, of town yeah we see them occasionally yeah. um actually this is so embarrassing and i didn't even text brent maybe he'll hear this but oh. i was going to an event in town and i was late and I opened, I was on a side road, and I opened the door, and I didn't look, and I, and I opened it, and like, there was a car there, you know, he was probably going 15 miles per hour, I was so embarrassed, because I just opened the door, and I didn't look, so I didn't even look at the person in the car, because I was just like, so embarrassed, and then, and then I see Brent waving at me, <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh. Well, I know that um, I've talked to Regina a little bit about it. Which, so even that I found I found out who I found you out like in this in that sense. Yeah. I was like, oh, why your place? And, and they were like, oh, such lovely people. And we're so excited, and it's like the next generation. And um, and they, were, I think that they were not under any illusion that their daughter would want to yeah. want to come back to the farm. She's got other things she wants to do, and. Um, uh, and I think they're just, yeah, they're just so happy. But they also said, you know, we also want to give you your space. And, yeah. Oh, well. And that, and, yeah. And, we were yeah. so grateful because while well, moving our farm from Rhode Island was a bit of a project. I can only imagine. <laughs> and the person that was supposed to move our tractor, I don't even remember what happened. We found, like, three different people, and they all kept falling through. Like, one person got sick and, you know... So we didn't have a tractor for like a month, and Brent left his tractor. Oh, that's sweet. And he was oh, there man. occasionally because he was still selling hay, and it was just, honestly, it was so comforting to have him there because yeah. it, it's a big place, and it's a big place. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I had total imposter syndrome when we came up here, just from like how I was treated as a female farmer in Rhode Island in my town yeah. by my family. Um, so I just expected everyone to treat me like I was an idiot and didn't know what I was doing. Right. Which is not how it is up here at all. I thought mm -hmm. it was There's a lot amazing. of women farmers up here. Yeah. And even like the old... <laughs> I shouldn't call my neighbor old because he's not old. Um... <laughs> no, no, we call them old Vermonters. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter like what the age is. Like, and um... I, I, I can say this, I am an eighth generation Vermonter. <laughs> yeah. My son is a ninth generation Vermonter. And no, we just call them old Vermonters. <laughs> but like we have the Silhouettes as neighbors. Oh, and yeah. They've been, like... you know, they, are, they have been farming there for a long time. Ever, forever. And yes. I just, like John Silhouette came and helped us pound post almost the first day we were there. And oh my gosh. He he came in and he just started asking these questions like who kind of figuring out like who had the farming experience and, and he was like yeah I just wanted to get the lay of the land instead of assuming that Ben totally. was the farmer totally. and I wasn't which was sort of shocking and just like so amazing to experience especially because this is Ben's first year as a, yeah. farmer, as a farmer and I know yeah. a lot of people do assume that he's the farmer because he's the man which is hard for me because I started the farm right oh um, I I am the farmer yeah. as well and my husband is not and ben at, is, at all is and full-time farmer too yeah but Chris is not yeah at all he works off farm full-time he has never wanted to farm and um I do not get that interaction with other farmers they may try to see who the lay of the land is yeah. and they'll be like, Oh, you're the farmer. You're the not farmer. It's the people that are not farmers well, that assume know, that Chris so is the farmer. And he'll be that. like, no, that's my wife's farm. He's like, Oh, none of the people in Rhode Island were farmers. 
But they might have fancied themselves farmers. Well, like, they had, like, you know, one cow or right? something. And it's then they would thing. give me farming advice. <laughs> yeah, no, that one's... really just... funny that you say that, because yeah. none of them were... Yeah, almost no farmers give... You know, and yeah. uh, my... Uh, I don't know if you've had this similar experience, but um, as I've been learning to farm and practicing farming and doing all of it for, for these years, um, the older farmers just seem to be happy mm. to share. Yeah. I have not had a very little like sort of mansplainy stuff, yes. very little like, you know, come here, little, little lady mm-hmm. stuff. Um, they're just like, okay, pick up the bale. Yeah. Yeah. We're <laughs> just so, do we it. feel so lucky because we have yeah. like three farmer neighbors and yeah, they're all yeah you have good farmer neighbors too. such good farmer neighbors <laughs> like, and they're all so wonderful yeah yeah we love it we yeah. it's like it it's like i sort of got plucked out of hell and landed in heaven like that's how i feel here we're gonna go this way <laughs> all right Aces. okay we're gonna have you over here because she's sticky I know. You're sticky. So total years of farming, six? Five and a half? Um, I started in 2016. So okay, in yeah, my seventh so six, year. Seventh years, yes. Yeah. So I love asking people how their enterprises have changed. Mm. <laughs> you said you did a bunch of stuff before. Yeah. And you're a lot more simple now. And so, what was the evolution of that? Yeah. When I started, I just looked around at what everyone else was doing, which was everything. Um, You know, beef, pork, chicken, eggs, turkeys. And I thought, oh, I guess that's what I have to do. Um, So that's what I did. And I did it by myself. And I I don't know how, looking back. Like, I literally don't know how. Because it wasn't on that... I mean, it was on a small scale, but it wasn't that small scale. It was like 1,200 broilers, 200 laying hens, like 40 pigs a year, and I had a herd of like 39 cows. Um, And, well, as I learned more about the soil and stuff and calling myself a regenerative farm, there was always this little voice in my head that said, like, grain isn't regenerative, and the pigs and the chickens may be doing really good things for the soil, like, on this literal farm, but they're eating monocropped grains. Right. Um, And then, you know, grain prices started spiking, and I would just have these thoughts. If I was going to start over, I would just do grass-fed animals. Yeah. I think they're healthier for human beings. They're healthier for the soil. Just everything. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, when we moved up here, we did have the opportunity really to start over and we're even, I mean, having a business background, I think is really helpful, um, because it's just not really possible to do five things on a small scale really well and make money and have a quality of life. It just isn't. Um, so, I mean, we're continuously evolving. Like we are deciding to go down to a homesteading level with the sheep because we really love lamb. Um, but it's just not that profitable. And we feel like we're working for nothing, raising lamb for other people. Whereas if we raise it for ourselves, it just feels really special. So we're deciding to focus on the beef. Um, cause I just love cows. <laughs> And then, yeah, and then we do the Airbnbs, and I love hosting people. It's something I've always wanted to do. I, we are thinking of doing micro weddings, Mm -hmm. Um, so, because we have this really amazing house that's humongous, um, so we're thinking of, it's like, you, you get the house and the farm for five days. It's a max guest count of 20 people but they can all come and stay on the farm with you. Oh, that's awesome. You pick your own flowers from the flower garden, or you can have a floral designer do it, but, like, we have, like, 90 feet of peonies. Um, And, you know, you have, like, somebody comes and cooks the meal with all the meat that's raised on the farm, and 
just this really special experience. Totally. So we're just it's exploring lovely. things like that. And That's also, awesome. like, we don't want 300 people on our farm for a wedding. <laughs> and <laughs> totally the website will also too. make a joke of, like, no bridezillas allowed because we don't want that either. No. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we get to build our lives exactly as as we want them. And so that's just what we're trying to do. Totally. Yeah. And it's really hard, but like, <laughs> that's okay. Life is never, it's always like 50% good and 50% hard. And that's totally fine. It's not supposed to be good all the time. No, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. We don't know, we don't have the same perspective if it's always good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, totally. I love that. I I love the, um, if you do listen to other episodes of the podcast, you'll, uh, like, I am a huge fan <laughs> of farms that do agritourism. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I don't, and I don't mean like we have to do a tour every hour on the hour. That's right. a different kind of a farm than, mm-hmm. than a productive working farm or at least requires different staffing levels totally could be a very productive working farm but it has a whole different staff dedicated to that and i at least the experience that i've had hosting guests here is people aren't looking for necessarily the tour every hour on the hour they just want to be immersed yeah in somebody doing something real and they want to disconnect and those i think there's like this unlimited potential for Mm -hmm. us to just keep hosting those different kinds of people because there are so many different kinds of people that come and yeah. they want different things. I agree. I yeah. think people will, well, our, the way that our society exists has evolved so quickly. It's, it's taken people from rural settings and put them in cities, I think, more quickly than our nervous systems have evolved to be in those situations. Yeah. And people need a connection to the earth. And that's exactly what you're talking about provides for them. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Just to, and just to see people come in on a Friday and then leave on a Sunday and it's like, you're not even the same person that you are. Totally. (laughs) And I just kind of love that. Like I didn't even do anything. Mm -hmm. Like I created the space and you guys just came in and did that. Yeah. Um, and I just moved sheep around. (laughs) That's great. And we've actually decided to scale back as well. Um, I've been doing lamb and pork for a while, and um, I think I'm taking a break from pork for a bit and just focusing mm-hmm. on the lamb, just to focus on some of the yeah. off-farm things, because I really love doing things like podcasts and mm-hmm. um, courses and stuff like that, that it's like, thought well, I'd be a full-time you look farmer, around, and I don't want to be a full-time farmer. That's, that's so what okay. I've come to realize. After a year of being yeah. a full... I left my um, extension job just about two years ago, full-time, and I was like, I am going to do what mm-hmm. I've always wanted to do. I've been part-time farming forever, full-time working, and um, working off-farm, and I was like, I don't want to be a full-time farmer. And I was like, so apparently I don't. Yeah. I didn't even know that. <laughs> I think it's so great that you learned that and that you're okay with it and you're listening to yourself because it's I think... interesting. Like what is presented to us as the life of a farmer is so idyllic and it's just not realistic at all. And I mean, I know so many farmers, I mean, it's like the rate of suicide in farmers is significantly higher than any other profession in the country. I think it's like number one or two. It's a, it's higher than veterans and you just go, wait a minute. Yeah. (laughs) Not that that's okay either. No. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's a hard life. It's a really, really good life, but yeah. it is a hard life. I mean, we, with the sheep, we yeah. just started a house cleaning business on the side. So we clean like three or four houses a week. And the income from that is more than we would ever make from raising sheep. <sighs> and there's no stress. You know, we don't think about it unless we're at the house doing it. It. Yeah. And it just adds a little space in our lives for things to be easier. Yep. So how did you guys decide, how have you decided what is um, balanced or healthy or 
have you made some of those decisions? Yeah. I in mean, a growth phase. That's right. the other trick is well, like in a growth phase yeah. of your business. So basically, I mean, I'm, we haven't achieved it yet. No, but I, we jumped into the farm in Vermont, like while we were moving our farm from Rhode Island and, um, yeah, I got really sick in August. So my body basically just shut down. Like I, I got this weird gut thing. Um, like I ended up in the ER. Oh no. They couldn't figure out what it was, but I basically spent six weeks in bed, like barely unable to stand up. Um, Holy cow. And that my naturopath thinks that I came to a safe place from like four years of so much stress that my body yeah. just basically shut down. But it made us realize that we need to take care of ourselves better. Like we're not 23 anymore. We can't just go, 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 go. And, and we don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I just think about it a lot. Like I think of my mind moves really quickly. Like I can make business decisions and like I can build business plans really quick and I can do cash flows really quick. And so I, and I'm also not good at staying in situations that, um, don't feel good to me. Good for you. So I'm, I, things evolve quickly if that makes sense. Yep. yep. Um, and we, we think and talk about like what our ideal day looks like and what our ideal life looks like and for me that's like waking up and milking my cow and then making butter and then moving my beef herd and like we want to have kids at some point and and for Ben that's like he wants a little woodworking workshop and um so yeah I think you just have to be really intentional and thoughtful yeah. and like talk about it a lot because otherwise time just goes by yeah, and you can get stuck in the grind um so yeah we just try to be really intentional and and we are on our dream farm like <laughs> we landed in this place that we're so lucky to be in and so we want to have time to appreciate it and experience it too so that helps because we're like wait a second we're here we made it like the odds of us arriving on a farm like that were almost zero right and like if you and we did so we need to and life is short so we really want to just make it count there yeah Yeah. so how has it been how has it been for ben coming into the farming life and where is he at with that yeah because a year ago he wasn't a farmer right so ben owned a juice and kombucha company in rhode island yeah uh now he like eats heart every morning and (laughs) takes organ pills and wants to try pancreas um which i love (laughs) he loves farming that's wonderful yeah he loves it and I am loving this conversation, but I wanted to take a quick break to thank our underwriter for this episode, the New England Grazing Network. The New England Grazing Network is funded by the Cedar Tree Foundation with the goal of gathering and growing more regenerative grazing farms across the six New England states to address the challenges and adapt to climate change. The New England Grazing Network partners offer education, technical assistance, events, regional coordination, and camaraderie for grazers to help you graze better. Visit newenglandgrazingnetwork.com to learn more about our work and meet the partners waiting to help you. It's been hard in a lot of ways. Like I was communicated to on my family's farm with just like a lot of anger and I still have a lot of that in me. So it's been a process of learning like, you know, if I don't know, something happens on a cow move and like there are a couple stragglers or like, you know, some, some semi-stressful situation for me to not like get really mad at Ben, even though it's not his fault. It's just like, I have anger inside of me and it needs to go somewhere. Um, there's the classic statement of, I'm sorry for all the things I said when we were working cows. Yeah. But I don't want (laughs) to be like, I, I do not want our kids to grow up the same way that I, I 
grew up. So that's been like a big intentional thing that I've been working on. Um, but like, I'm really proud of us for making it through our first year and loving each other and just like doing it because <laughs> it can be really hard, but it's also just like the most special thing in the world to be able to spend our days together there. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And yeah, he absolutely okay. loves it, which is so great. That's fantastic. Yeah. Holy cow. So are there things that you have done in this first year that you're not going to do again in this next, like as things evolve, you said that things evolve quickly. So yeah. Like, so are there things we yeah i mean we bought 14 icelandic ewes mm-hmm. um and we're selling 10 of them mm-hmm. this spring and we're gonna keep four for ourselves okay um let's see we well this is sort of like a personal farm thing but now we live in vermont on this amazing farm so everyone wants to visit us Oh, well, like, like friends, like friends and, yeah. Which was so fun. Long lost relatives? Like, <laughs> no, maybe not, not that. The, not the close ones, but um, the, But, yeah. like, we realized we need to put up some serious boundaries around having visitors. Oh, yeah. So, basically, like, we're just not hosting our friends in our house this year. Yeah. Um, because we do rent it out on Airbnb, and it is our business, and, like... Yeah. We're just tired, and maybe that will change next year. But we realized we needed that boundary there this year. Yep. Um, we're getting a milk cow, oh. which is another one of the reasons we're getting rid of the sheep. Yeah. And that's adding a thing, but <laughs> no, it's. I think isn't that part of running a business and having a life? Is, yeah. Is there's a constant addition and subtraction yeah. of different things. Totally. And, um, I don't know if you're a similar kind of a person to me, but I love to add things and not always take them away. So it actually feels really healthy to take yeah. some things away yeah. as well as add new things. Totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we're not. So I was. I had plans to host a women's retreat with two women at the farm. We were going to do... I was going to host a podcast with them. There's one other thing that we were going to do that I just realized, like... Oh, we can't do those things this year. <clears throat> we could, but our year would be just as stressful as last year. And we've realized, like, oh, at some point you can't just keep going, 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 going to the next thing. You need to, like, chill a little. Um, so, yeah, we're this year we're taking the year to, like, finish the Airstream that we live in, which doesn't have <laughs> insulation in the bottom of it. Oh, and, goodness. Or floors or, you know, running water. Um <laughs> But yeah, we really want to just spend this year, like, well, enjoying each other and the farm, and we're going to get married and maybe start having kids. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of part of the big dream, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> totally is. You could have, you could be your first micro wedding. <clears throat> well, I said to Ben, I was like, actually, we need to... I'd probably hire a photographer because then we can use the photos on our website for our micro weddings. Because <laughs> totally. it is, we're having 10 people um, oh, yeah. at the wedding. Yeah. Like, I don't want a big wedding. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. And so we're, yeah, we basically made our list and then we'd be like, what about this person? What about this? And we're like, no, you just can't because then suddenly it's going to be 70 people. Right. And so, yeah, we're going to do it in June when we have our peonies blooming. And oh, that's lovely. Just have like a million peonies. And oh, my gosh. You totally have to. Yes, there's several wonderful photographers around the area. You can make a recommendation. I, I have several recommendations. Yeah. <laughs> both um, private and, uh, or both uh, commercial and amateur. Cool. There's some excellent amateur folks as well. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. It's just like a word of mouth network. You'll mm-hmm. you'll you'll oh, just yeah. continue to tap into totally. it so that it's just it's an evolution. I we lived in um, and started farming in East Randolph uh, for a long time, and I felt like I knew everybody over there. We came over here. It is it is like six miles. We are six miles away from where we yeah. lived for sixteen years. There's an entirely different group of people over totally. here. What is that? <laughs> like an ecosystem these little little pods of people and it's just amazing so like i look forward to that for you like the continuing to evolve and meet new people around the area because it's pretty amazing it's pretty amazing yeah yeah. Yeah. we were surprised and delighted to find that people 
up here like stop by to introduce themselves and bring you maple syrup and dilly beans and all sort <laughs> jam and tools and yes yeah that is especially in that neighborhood i think is particularly yeah, like we're that so, because of the, because we're of so the, lucky. the farming nature we actually almost bought uh, the farm at the bottom of that hill oh, below Silhouette's. Uh-huh. um and it was it was very exciting to us to be neighbors with that yeah. whole group of folks because yeah we ended up in the right place so it's mm-hmm. all good but yeah this is a we're, this is a special community but i think there's so many really amazing communities that mm-hmm. i think that's part of farming community in general is it did not exist like that in rhode island really? no oh, it was very wow. sharky there was one livestock farmer that i guess he sort of set the tone for the culture of farming uh livestock farming in rhode island but like he would throw fits if anybody else got into the farmer's market and oh goodness yeah yeah it was, it was weird down there yeah so what's your what's your model I mean, are you, because I, I know you're not really trying to sell locally, right? Oh, our sales channel? Uh, yeah, I was just um, curious about yeah, that. Yeah, like, What are the options? mostly ship our meat. So That's we have, um, we call it Farm Club. So mm-hmm. it's like a monthly, every other month or quarterly membership box. And we just ship it to your house. And wow. we have a little recipe book. And there's a bunch of perks for being Farm Club members. Like, discount on a farm stay once a year. Cool. Um, Very cool. Yeah, it's really fun. And we That's do, awesome. we are planning to open a little farm stand. We just haven't gotten to it. And we would love okay. to have more had a full customers. Year. But yeah. <laughs> we just haven't been able. It's been yeah. really fun. Like, we, the Red Cross came to put... Um, smoke alarms in our house Mm -hmm. and like that person is now a farm club member (laughs) awesome (laughs) yeah (laughs) and yeah it's really sweet (laughs) that's great oh i love it yeah that's so how far are you shipping right now we ship it nationwide so we have like we ship boxes to florida california wisconsin utah colorado wow yeah most of them go to Rhode Island. It totally to our, makes sense because of the folks that you know. Yeah. But this is like second and third mm-hmm. sphere of connection yeah. people, right? Yep. Wow. Which is really fun. It is so fun to build the boxes every month and That's really cool. Send them off with the UPS driver and then yeah, it's really cool. That's fantastic. Yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I I I do like to float this question and I um you don't have to answer it if you don't have something you want to talk about. But have you have you had a worse day? Oh God, just one. Um, like this year. <laughs> you know, in your farming experience, I guess I would I would say I, have you, have I you have had, a worse have, day. Have you had a worse day? I, I definitely have a worse day. Um, 2019 was the worst year. And it was like when things were coming to a head with my family, I was their scapegoat. Like everyone hated, gained up against me and hated me to sort of like solve their disagreements, you know? Um, I was dating an abusive person. And so it was in the space of like three weeks, this person assaulted me. Then... I accidentally butchered a cow that was pregnant. Oh, sorry. Then my first steer that was born from my first cow that I bought as a farmer who was, like, getting butchered the next week got out in the middle of the night and got hit by a car, and we had to shoot him on the side of the road. (laughs) And I... It was the only time I've questioned in my life whether I was worthy or or not of being alive, of like living on this earth and tending to these animals and and all of that. Because, yeah. yeah, that was the worst day. Yeah. That was a really bad day. That's a really bad day. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like held his head as, as the life drained out of him. And, and then we buried him and like he just died for nothing yeah like you couldn't and he even just feed somebody. yeah it was like yeah. i got out there you know his back leg was dangling like he was oh, looking yeah. at me um but now i look back on that day and see how far i've come you know <laughs> yeah 
Oh, I'm like, oh, I have another worst day. <laughs> the day that I found out that my brother got the farm. Oh, I can't even imagine. Yeah. And that, and like everyone in my family knew for months and nobody told me. Wow. And I actually took a picture of myself like in bed crying because I knew that I would come out of that day and like I wanted to remember how far I came. And I still love looking at that picture because like I, I can't believe that I'm here now with like, you know, we went to, we went to like three Christmas dinners all in our neighborhood and we had the best Christmas of our lives and we never, we didn't even know these people a year ago and now we have family up here and yeah, it's yeah. amazing when you're in the worst day, how it seems like that's how the rest of your life will be, but like it's, it's not, it's amazing how good it can get from that. I'm glad to hear you say that because I know that folks, it's hard to have that perspective when you're in your worst day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I did not have that perspective in my worst day. <laughs> yeah. That's a good question. I don't always ask it, but when I do, I do when it feels like the right day and time to ask it. And um, it's always been an amazing response. Yeah. Yeah. I'm grateful for those days. Like I'm really grateful for them because I I can re I can like viscerally remember how they feel, how they felt like inside of my body. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, without them, I wouldn't be here. Yeah, that's true. Mhm. Mm <laughs> yeah, if they were all really good days. <laughs> I think part of the part of the part of the reason I started asking the question was because um, of the Instagram effect, mm. and mm -hmm. um, people really only seeing good days, and that's what we often present is what yeah. we're grateful for. Or there's what's a picture cool, of me. There's, there's a picture of my worst day on Instagram. I have seen it, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, "Holy cow!" And I think it's really powerful that you share that because. Because it is important to have things like that on social media yeah. because we do have awful days. And, and what I, I face this a, a ton in, in extension, um, where there would be calls from folks who had spent time in this sea of gray cubicles yeah. and they were like, I have to be out and I have to do this. And I've seen this. It looks so lovely on Facebook mm -hmm. to see <laughs> really lovely on Instagram, even more love, more lovely on Instagram. And people, you know, I like, I needed to have this life and I need to not have this other boring life. And this is the thing that I want to do, but nothing icky right. or things that smell Dead or stuff animals. dies and not just dies, but dies horribly yeah. or, or is really gross and smelly mm -hmm. or like, you know, I mean, my, my the financial house, stresses of farming, the, like, the, the, the cash crippling. flow. Yeah. The cash flow side of that, the relationship side of that, and mm -hmm. just not realizing, well, depending upon the structures that you put in place, you may never go to a family totally event again. Yeah. Like, you lose. You may choose to never go to a family event. Totally. Again. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I mean, and I, I, you know, I have, I have friends who feel like they've lost lifelong friends because yeah. they didn't feel oh, like they I had the, they could put it out. Yeah. Um, I've said no to many things that probably my friends are like, oh, Again, mm -hmm. like, don't you ever come to the things? Like, you ever put time into me as a friend? Yeah. Like, um, and that's the kind of thing that we can choose that. Mm -hmm. But my hope is that we're well informed when we choose yeah. that. Like, well, I get, that's cool. Like, I think this is more important to me than yeah. recognizing that I might not be able to go to Because I get a lot of people saying, like, you're living my dream life. I'm so jealous. And I, <laughs> I know it's a compliment, but I wouldn't be like, I'm not living your dream life. Like, I'm living my dream right. life, but I know what it comes with. I right. know all the S-H-I-T that it comes with. <laughs> <laughs> and it's still my dream. But, right. like, for most people, it's not It's not their dream. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It just looks like a fun dream. It looks yeah. like a really enjoyable dream. Mm -hmm. like, and parts of it are. 
Oh, absolutely. You know? <laughs> absolutely. But yeah. Parts of it are hard. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. So is there anything that I should have asked you that I didn't? Hmm. I feel like we covered a lot. <laughs> we did cover a lot of territory. <laughs> Thank you. <Yeah. laughs> this conversation with Katie was so beautiful. I mean, Katie is just a beautiful person inside and out. It was amazing. Just, I, I love meeting new folks on Zoom and, but there's just nothing quite like having an in-person conversation at my house with cats climbing on us and total rabbit trails into other interesting topics. I've been seeing Katie regularly at yoga class and it's just been delightful to be welcoming this new farmer into our community. Um, we haven't gotten a chance to do dinner yet, but it's going to happen. We promise each other it will. I know that not all stories of retiring farmers and new farmers start and end like the last two episodes have, but I think that their example, their collective example, gives me hope that there are farmers out in the world retiring as a choice, a personal choice, and there are ready, willing, and able new farmers looking to get started. So sometimes we need reminders that it does work out, right? I know I do. So in case you are a farmer looking to make a connection, either as a person looking to find a farm or pass one along, I've included several links in the show notes for LandLink and beginning farmer connection databases. So that includes Vermont Land Link, which you did hear referenced, um, New England Land Link, if you're in the Northeast. And then there's a, a great resource for more land linking programs across the country um, that's through beginningfarmers.org. So definitely worth taking a look if you're listening to this anywhere in the country to see if you can find um, a place for you. Just a reminder, if you like this episode, please forward it to a friend you think should hear it, or maybe three. That's great, too. Um, we just want to get this in, in front of uh, as many ears as possible. And if you'd like to subscribe to our mailing list to get new episodes and other program offerings from me, um, other things that I offer for farmers and ranchers success, uh, if you want to get that delivered into your inbox, um, or you are excited and would like to leave a written review or a voicemail comment, or you can ask me a question, just visit www.choosingtofarm.com. It is your one-stop shop for all kinds of things. Um, so thanks, everybody. I hope that you have a great week, and I will see you next time.